Welcome to A Vague Knowledge of Everything. I am Rosie. I'm Hope, and we're talking about Captain Marvel today. Beep, beep, beep. Uh, so this is going to be a me-led episode opposed to a Rosie-led episode, which is fine. It's all good, and it's okay. Yeah. Well, um, it's because you're, like, for the first time in a while not doing school yeah. all the time. It starts so. in next week. <laughs> It starts Yay! back up again. Yay! <laughs> so just wanted to fill that time with, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Researching so, it. But that's a good segue because, uh, so I haven't been doing a whole lot because I'm not working and I'm not going to school and Griffin's not here. So I spend a lot of time on TikTok and a lot of what I follow is stuff for like Marvel movies and superhero stuff and like really nerdy culture. And this guy was talking about... Um, He's talking about red flags in women. And some of it is just like normal stuff. It's just like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah that's a stereotype. And then he said, if her favorite Marvel movie is Captain Marvel. And I was like, nope, I'm going to respond. I can't leave this alone. <laughs> so, so I responded and I was like, a red flag for me is guys who don't like Captain Marvel. So don't worry if she likes Captain Marvel because if she does, she probably doesn't want to talk to you anyway. And yeah. it's gotten about... 7,000 views last time I checked, which is a lot. Here, let me, let me see where we're at now. <laughs> that is but a lot. I mean, a... I, like, I have no... I had TikTok for a minute, and then I ended up getting it off of my phone to free up storage. Um, I might get it back again yeah. at some point. Yeah. So right now, 7,731 people have watched it. 1,358 people have liked it. And 139 comments. So there's a Ooh. lot of discourse going on in this video. Have you read any of said comments? I was. I started to when it first started going, and I was like, there's a lot of people responding to this. And then I was like, I don't care. I really don't care about this. Yeah. Um, because a lot of it is guys being like, Captain Marvel sucks. Like, this, that, and the other oh. thing. Like, she didn't even do anything. Like, this guy was right, and he was right about you, too. Like, you, this is a red flag for you. There's people saying... Prefer it's like, well, can't... guess what, bitch? She's married, so yeah. she's not looking for you. <laughs> I know. And then there's other people being like, you can't call preferences red flags because that's a preference of yours. That doesn't mean it's a red flag. Like, And there's women supporting me and guys supporting me, which is really nice. But my favorite comment that I got was from a guy on here, and it was like, I didn't really like Captain Marvel, but I also understand this movie wasn't made for me. So it's not a problem to me if you like her. And I was like, that's it. That's the whole thing. There crux. you go. That's, that's the thesis statement of this whole thing is that Captain Marvel wasn't made for guys, basically. And everybody's really upset about that. It wasn't made for, you know, the sort of typical dude that normally right. goes to a superhero movie, maybe. We're, and that's okay. You want to have different representation for different people. Okay, yeah. just real quick. So I'm going to get into the background about movie Captain Marvel and then comic book Captain Marvel and then what happened after the movie came out and everything that uh, went on with that because it was a big deal. So we're talking about the cultural impact of Captain Marvel today. Yeah, it's it's and not it, it, it's not a deep dive into Captain Marvel. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it is about the the cultural impact and the... The difference in its reception, I guess, than other mm -hmm. superhero movies and other female-led superhero movies even and that kind right. of stuff. So I, I don't think I have to say this, but I will anyway. We're going to talk about the whole movie. There's going to be spoilers. We're going to talk about other movies. So if you don't want to get the spoil, go watch Captain Marvel. If you want context, probably go watch Captain Marvel. Um, That's true. I, yeah, I would say it's, it's probably a good idea to watch it, although there will be some stuff that you can get from it without having seen it, but... Yeah. Right. So some background with the movie, we have to talk about Marvel Studios in general. So they started making movies with Iron Man back in like 2008, I think. And they, Kevin Feige, who's like the producer, like the guy who's like in charge of everything going on with Marvel Studios, had a vision for like um, how he wanted all these stories to go because he was always envisioning Endgame and all this stuff. So mm -hmm. Marvel movies happen in phases. So there's phase one. Hold on. I brought this up somewhere about like what the different phases look like in the Marvel universe. But 
but mostly what happens is every time there's an Avengers movie, a different phase starts of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. So we just finished phase four, I think, with Endgame. Or no, it was going to be It's Far From Home with Spider-Man. That was like the last phase, the last movie in that phase. Hold on, let me, I got to bring this up because I'm not going to be able to explain it without looking at it first. Okay. Okay. So phase one was 2008 to 2012. So this is Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and the Avengers. So this was like the groundwork for establishing those core six Avengers that we all know. So that's that about. So it's just like the beginning of this journey. Phase two is 2013 to 2015, Iron Man 3, Thor 2, Captain America 2, Guardians, Avengers 2, and Ant-Man. So this is when things get a little bit more complicated. Mm -hmm. Phase three is 2016 to 2019. So this was the big phase where it was Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Arguably the best movie in the cinematic universe. <laughs> I really Black- like Thor Ragnarok. The, <laughs> Black- uh, the soundtrack itself was just amazing. It's a crowd pleaser. Black Panther, a groundbreaking movie. Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man Far From Home. So those are in order. And you'll see that Captain Marvel is third to last. So she's coming in at the very end. So the phases will be important in a little bit. But we just need to talk about it real quick. So Captain Marvel happens in the 90s so brie larson plays captain marvel she's on an alien planet as a kree warrior kree is like a race of is an alien race um jude law is her mentor who discourages her from using her full power when sparring says her emotions get the best of her that she needs to control herself Mm -hmm. um after a long series of events we learn that she's a human who is involved in an explosion with an energy core that her air force mentor was trying to protect and at the end she's able to fully come into her power return to the family she had on earth and begin her journey to becoming one of the universe's strongest heroes i wept griffin and i saw this movie when it came out we and this was my first imax movie so we went and saw it in like big big theaters where it's like the whole screen is like in front of you and it started and i was like griffin i don't know if i could do this because i get motion sick and then at the part where she's like, because this is a typical superhero movie where like things happen and she like comes into her power. And I was like, I'm weeping tears of empowerment right now. This has never happened to me. This is amazing. <laughs> it was awesome. Okay, so. I am weeping tears of empowerment. <laughs> I knew that's exactly what was happening. And then like. Two m- I want to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then a month later, Endgame came out. And I, I cried for the whole second half of that movie as well. And I, by the end of it, I was crying so hard. I thought to myself, you have to stop crying because you have to like physically watch the rest of the movie and you're like squint crying right now. And I was like, I'm not okay. <laughs> so, okay. So Cap- there's comic book Captain Marvel. And this information is from Marvel.com, which I'm going to call a reputable source because that's where Captain Marvel came from. Um, mm-hmm. So she is a former Air Force pilot and intelligence agent. Captain Carol Danvers pursued her dream of space, <laughs> space exploration <laughs> as a NASA employee, but her life forever changed when she was accidentally transformed into a human Kree hybrid with extraordinary powers. Now Carol is the latest warrior to embrace the mantle of Captain Marvel, and she has taken her place as one of the world's mightiest heroes. So this happens a lot in comic books where multiple people will be different superheroes we just saw this more spoilers about falcon and the winter soldier sam wilson takes up the captain america mantle that's implied at the end of endgame everybody knows that um miles morales is taking up the mantle of peter parker that we saw in into the spider-verse griffin's favorite movie um so there's lots of iterations of superheroes that happen in the comic book world Mm -hmm. because you have to keep writing about comic books and you have to keep it like fresh and interesting so they'll just like have it cycle through through different people. So Carol Danvers is one of those iterations. Um, she was already in excellent shape before she was transformed by the Psyche Magnetron. Afterwards, Carol's body was pushed to the peak of human fitness and modified with Cree DNA. So she's strong as fuck. Um, her <laughs> powers include enhanced strength, stamina, agility, durability, as well as fight, and almost total immunity to toxins and poisons. Carol also has a seventh sense, which gives her precognitive flashes to the future, but the power randomly manifests and has largely faded away. 
as binary Carol's connection to the power of a white hole allows her to generate and control any form of radiation or gravity, as well as the ability to survive and travel in space without the protection of a spacesuit. That's why in an, in Endgame she oh. can go up and get the spaceship spaceship that uh, Tony and Nebula are on, and she's able to. That's that. really cool. Yeah. Although the vast majority of Carol's binary powers have been lost, she still remains the ability to absorb energy and fire photonic blasts from her hands. If Carol is exposed to enough energy, her full binary powers have the potential to temporarily reemerge. So I don't know if you remember this because I don't think you've watched End Endgame with the attention to detail that other people have. But if you remember, this, I've only seen it once. So. <laughs> she's trying to. Is this where we went and got Chipotle and went and saw Endgame? And I cried a lot. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so, so yeah. There's a scene where she's trying to get the glove off of Thanos' hand. Like it's like it's like the movie's about to be over. Like she's like trying to do it. But she's also just like pummeled through his spaceship, which is a huge spaceship, and she destroyed it. And so he punches her in the head, not the face, like in the head, and she doesn't react at all because she's absorbing all that energy. She's so wow. strong. Like she Nothing happens when the guy who's wearing all the infinity stones punches her in the head. And she was like, nothing. I love her so much. Okay. Um, a little bit more. Yeah, this is this a lot is... more detail than I got watching it mm -hmm. because I, well, I haven't read the comics and I wasn't looking for it. So. There's a reason for that. And we'll get to that. So this is from Britannica.com slash topic slash Captain Marvel. Um, Captain Marvel, American comic strip superhero created by writer Stan Lee. R.I.P. And artist Gene Colan from Marvel Comics. The character debuted in Marvel Superheroes number 12 in December 1967. The role of Captain Marvel would be filled by many heroes over subsequent years, most notably by the Kree warrior Marvell and her U.S. Air Force officer Carol Danvers. Carol made her first appearance in Marvel Superheroes number 13, March 1968, and she soon became embroiled in Marvel's adventures. And this is what happens in the movie. After Danvers was abducted by a jealous Kree officer named Jan Rog, Jude Law, Marvel flew her to flew to her rescue in Captain Marvel number eighteen, November nineteen sixty-nine. During the ensuing battle between Marvel and Yon Rog, an ancient Kree device called the Psyche Magnetron exploded, bathing Marvel and Danvers in radiation. The explosion triggered a transformation in Danvers, infusing her with Kree DNA and granting her powers similar to those of Marvel. For most of the sixties and on, men were writing her character and trying to compete with Wonder Woman from DC kept messing up her storyline and eventually had her memories wiped and gave her the I was under mind control arc. So for huh. her okay. origins, guys were writing her story, which makes sense in the, you know, back when comic books were starting, there were women, there's a lot of documentaries about this on Disney Plus too, where yeah. they talk about like the inception and origin of Captain Marvel and when like women started to come and why that was important. And this is kind of like a hot take on like media in general where as a lady like you can kind of tell when guys are writing the character and when women are writing the <laughs> character this is obvious with harley quinn and how she looks in suicide squad and how she looks in birds of prey where she's more playful mm -hmm. and in control and like funny and not just there for the male gaze um and you can also yeah and i mean like I, that can also be true of, uh, like, people writing gay characters who uh, yeah. are not gay, you know, yeah. <laughs> writing things that people would never say or that are just hugely stereotypical, so. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was some post about this where it's talking about how somebody was watching a show and there was a car following these two girls and one was like, I'm going to get out and, like, talk to them, see what's going on. And it's like, <sighs> that is the last thing a human lady would do if she was being followed by a car. So I think. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No. That so like uh the opposite of that basically. Uh I remember seeing a storyline that I thought, wow, that's really true to life and I'm kind of surprised to see it was in 6 feet under there is a storyline where uh this woman um cuz so they always at the beginning of every episode have how the person died who's coming to the uh, funeral home so yeah this story was really really sad and it was this uh this girl was walking down the street and these guys were catcalling her and it was her friends who were like joking around but she didn't realize it and she was freaked out and ran away wasn't looking where she was going ran in the street and got hit by a car and it was like basically a whole thing where i was like "Ooh, that's really intense but i could reasonably see that happening actually like that's 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 very yeah, believable that's 
that's not unreal in, in a horrifying way but anyway but that's something where i was like oh yeah i could see that a woman was involved in writing that because yeah. that's what you might actually do you but. and i were walking in toledo one time and we got cat called but we like second guessed it we were like wait a minute because the people cat calling us said hubba hubba and we were yeah. like only our friends would say that. Are, are <laughs> and it was that called in the 1950s. <laughs> and it was Adam and Goldie. <laughs> and yeah. you were right. <laughs> hubba hubba. Oh, so geez. yes. So while this was happening, they're competing with the Wonder Woman comic books coming out, which makes sense, you know, this was women historically have been pitted against each other. And since there can be only one, we can't have mm -hmm. multiple queens that exist in the same world. Okay. Um, around this time, Carol Danvers returned to the foreground and reclaimed her original name for Mrs. Marvel, 2006 through 2010. Danvers played a central role in the massive secret invasion and Civil War comic book crossover events, and when writer Kelly Sue DeConnick and artist Dexter Soy relaunched Captain Marvel in July 2012, it was with Danvers in this title role. So, upcoming right now, I think, in the Marvel comic book world is The Mantle's Taken Over First by a Black Girl, and then subsequently by an Indian girl after that. So I saw a TikTok earlier that Griffin sent me where it's talking about Brie Larson has a lot of creative control in Marvel, in Captain Marvel 2 coming out. And she brought on a black girl, Monica Rambeau, and an Indian girl, I think, to talk about the succession of Captain mm -hmm. Marvel. Like Brie Larson was instrumental in that. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, Captain Marvel like we explained before, is the beginning of phase four. Like this, we're coming into, they're going to take a couple years off. Like they just released a like two minute long video talking about like where we've been and where we're going to go. I think because mm -hmm. of the pandemic, like everything's gotten pushed back. So they're just like reassuring us that like things are still happening. Um, <laughs> so we know that Captain Marvel 2 is coming. Um, but the thing is, there's a lot of characters that got introduced in this last phase, like Spider-Man, Ant-Man, um, how Thor's going to be traveling with the Guardians now. That's all part of the mm -hmm. next phase. And Captain Marvel came in at the very, very end of it. I mean, she, it was a great movie. It was one of my favorite parts of this phase. But, like, I think her next phase is going to be more important than what she did. This was the closing of the Avengers chapter. But they had to introduce people to carry us into the next chapter. So... People were upset about Captain Marvel before it even came out. And by people, I mean fanboys who like to gatekeep. Um, do you know what gatekeeping is? I do, but I was about to ask you to uh, define that for our audience. I didn't know what it was. And Griffin had to explain it to me because I really like Deadpool. But I've never read the comics. I don't own any of the comics. I just watch the movies. It's people who are like, if you've only watched the movies, you're not a real fan. If you can't name their favorite color, their favorite color, how they take their sushi in their middle name, then you're not a real fan. Um, so Griffin's been really pushing me to be like, if you like this, you're allowed to call yourself a fan. You don't have to be that intense about it. But there's people who believe that, like, if they're not true to the... It's a, it, a little bit goes back to cancel culture, where if it's not exactly what it's supposed to be, then it's not good enough. Um, or... I mean, people being snobby about having discovered something before someone else did or just that, yeah. you know, the acceptable standard in this community is that this thing is the best and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like the people who right. say that if you like white wine, then you don't really like wine. Like, no, some people like red wine, some people like white wine, some people like both, and some people don't like it. Like, it's, I like the wine, not the bottle. <laughs> some people named Hope Collins like to drink wine that tastes like juice and I'm just going to stop apologizing for it because I'm still drinking yeah. wine. I don't give a shit. Yeah. There's, there's no need to shame other people for not uh, behaving the same way that you would or the way you think is appropriate for them to ha behave in any kind right. of group. And when, yeah, when you use anyone's like lack of knowledge in any area as evidence that they, you know, aren't really who they say they are or they re really yeah. don't like something as much as they say they do, then you're gatekeeping. It's just so. bullying. It's another word for bullying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like, so... but it kind of has that guise of like, sometimes it's intellectualism and sometimes it's mm -hmm. just like, well, I just know more than you. So I understand this and you don't. 
So at Comic-Con, all these movies are announced like years and years in advance. So people knew that Brie Larson was going to be there. They knew that Captain Marvel was coming out. We also know that the comic books have been around since 1967. So like, whatever. They edited the Captain Marvel posters so that Brie Larson would be smiling in them. They're like, see, doesn't that look that much better? Because she's not smiling because she doesn't have to. Like, mm-hmm. women aren't there just to be smiling. So she tweeted out yeah. and did all the same for the male Avengers. She sent out another tweet where she did it for all the male guys in Marvel. And she's like, see, doesn't that look better? And she's just kind of being like, you look ridiculous. Like, please stop. Well, There's- yeah, because you wouldn't expect. I, I don't think I've seen a single movie poster where a male superhero is smiling except for possibly Ant-Man. Because he Maybe. seems like he might. I don't know. But yeah. like, yeah, the other ones, they just are looking stoic or something. Right. So. Um, there's a bunch of YouTube edits of the Marvel cast roasting Brie Larson and it's people editing and making way too big of a deal about regular banter, conversation, general body language. So they're like having a regular conversation where Brie Larson was talking about like doing stunts and Chris Hemsworth and her were having like, it looked to me like it could be friendly banter, but people take it way out of proportion. They're like, the Avengers hate Brie Larson. She shouldn't be there. Like nobody likes this Captain Marvel, blah, blah, blah. And if you watch it. It's just normal, and they blow it way out of proportion. And they're, I think fans like have this rumor going around that no one else likes her on set and all this stuff, and all of them have come and be like, no, that's not true. Like, And at the end of the day, we don't actually know these people. We don't have any right to know yeah. about what is going on in their personal relationships. It does not matter. But people think that because they're the Avengers or the Marvel characters that they have a right to their personal relationships and like how they feel about everything. Yeah, they have ownership over their... Right. Uh, yeah, over information about them. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's another website where I was talking about, so there was uh, some bullshit that went down with Rotten Tomatoes before Captain Marvel even went, out, went um, yes. to the theaters. So when Disney started marketing Captain Marvel, it had a 97% score of people interested with a 3% of people not interested in seeing this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, an internet film ranking site. As time moved forward, things started to change and not for the better. As of February 25th, 2019, a month before it comes out, Rotten Tomato had Captain Marvel at a record low of 27% of over 45,000 people interested in wanting to see this film, which meant that 73% of people were not interested in seeing this film. So what happened was guys were going on to Rotten Tomatoes before the movie had even come out or they'd seen it and started saying that it was a shit movie so that it would get less traction as this big blockbuster movie. Um, so here's another article from Vox, Vox, Vox? Com. Uh, despite I think the Vox. Best, despite the best efforts of a bad faith and sexist smear campaign, Captain Marvel, Marvel Studios' first solo superhero movie about a female superhero is earning positive critical reviews and made $153 million domestically and $455 million worldwide in its opening weekend at the box office. For months, this film had been targeted by trolls. After its first trailer was released in September, some fans of the character photoshopped smiles onto Brie Larson's promotional photos, essentially the digital version of the smile more catcall, because they thought the actress was stiff and wooden in the role. Larson's physique was called into into question as part of a debate over whether or not she was strong enough to play a hero who will be one of the strongest Avengers. She was thrust squatting like 400 pounds or something like that. She's insanely strong. Um, previously, trolls had mobilized online against Star Wars The Last Jedi, harassing its cast and denouncing the movie for being too progressive. Movies like Black Panther and the 2016 all-women remake of Ghostbusters saw similar attacks, harassment of actors, fake negative reviews, too. So, they didn't like that. So, this is talking about Star Wars now. They didn't like that Rey was the last hope for the galaxy, and a lot of persons of color like Kelly Marie Tran, Oscar Isaac, and John Boyega face fierce criticism and harassment. And they've spoken out about against that, and they have also, um, so Oscar Isaac and John Boyega were really pushing for a gay storyline between their two characters, and Disney shut them down. So their that contracts sucks. ended, and they've just been like speaking out against Disney and like Star Wars and all this stuff. And this is a whole other conversation. When the actors are like, hey, we think this makes sense for the characters and we support it and we want to do this because, like, I don't even know if either of them are gay, but the fact that they, like, wanted to have that as part of the the world. Well, what also is interesting, so a lot of this I'm 
I'm new to this nerd culture culture. Because with Dating Griffin, he's very much into comic books. He likes all this Star Wars nerdy stuff. And so that has become part of my life now. I didn't like Star Wars until I saw <laughs> Found it Found a giant bearded nerd. <laughs> I didn't like Star Wars until I saw it through Griffin's eyes. Like, I didn't understand it until I saw it watching with him. And I was like, oh, I get it now. Like, the first time I watched Empire, I was like, waiting for the movie to start and then it was over <laughs> and then the second time i watched it i was like oh this makes sense now this makes sense so and i think that's happening i a feel lot. like we have a really weird thing in common that i should acknowledge here because uh for i feel like most podcasts especially with people our age people would have grown up on star wars and especially if they're doing an episode about the marvel universe like both of the people might be conversant in it but Hope and I are weird because neither of us saw the Star Wars movies until we were adults. And so, yeah. and I still haven't seen Ewoks. So I think I haven't seen the sixth one or I haven't finished it yet. Um, but I, I, know, think, I knew there were Ewoks somewhere and I haven't seen them yet. So anyway, sorry, I go on. I think what's happening right now is that when we were growing up, when we were going to school and stuff, it was nerdy to be into this kind of stuff and it made you weirdo. But then those kids grew up and now they're our age and are like, I don't give a shit. I'm really into this stuff. And all these other people are into it. And now, you know, there's Galaxy's Edge being built in Disney World. And there's this whole nerd culture around Harry Potter. And like Lord of the Rings is now like a re this renowned movie because it won like a million awards at the, at, um, the Oscars. Mm -hmm. So there's this real influx of like accepting this. And it, now it's like, cool to be into this kind of stuff and for people like me I kind of married into it like I got into this stuff because <laughs> he was into it and I'm like oh this is kind of neat and I did read the Spider-Man books growing I read um a couple of Spider-Man comics growing up but that was it like I'd only read the one I have a Spider-Man mm -hmm. book I that's one of the things that Griffin and I really liked about each other is that we both love Spider-Man so much so where was I going? But like the culture's changing in a good way where there's more people who are into this kind of stuff. But then there's also people who are trying to keep it for just the people who are like, quote unquote, really into it and who are like true fans and stuff. And what happened with The Last Jedi, which is arguably one of the best Star Wars movies, is they subverted everything that usually happens with Star Wars in that movie. The fans were upset about it. So for the very last movie in the whole franchise, the whole saga that was like 40 years old at this point, they just made it completely fan service for all these fanboys. And people were really upset with how this last movie panned out because it wasn't like, and they switched directors, directors and stuff and it wasn't where they thought the story was going to go and they were really sad about it. But Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, was talking about all the things that he wanted to do Mm -hmm. with um, The Rise of Skywalker, I think Leia was supposed to be like The Last Jedi or something, but then also Carrie Fisher died. Anyway, so like that's a whole thing where like fan service is becoming like a thing that impacts movies in a real way. Um, so continuing with this article, it's essentially to become a knee-jerk response to the point that Rotten Tomatoes announced in late February that it would tweak its user review feature in order to stop letting users post audience reviews Prior to a movie's release, the movie was a clear effort to cut down on users who abuse the privilege by posting fake negative reviews meant to bring down films like Captain Marvel and others whose stars who are not white or male. Rotten Tomatoes policy change, along with Larson's grace under fire and critical praise for the film, have greatly reduced its troll's ability to maintain a presence surrounding the movie. Its projected opening weekend box office of over $100 million dollars has also helped to drown out the voices of those who have suggested a woman-fronted film can't succeed. And while Captain Marvel is not the first movie and Larson not the first actress to face the wrath of online trolls, nor will they be the last, they've made considerable progress in finding a better way to deal with them. So, and then there's a bunch of videos. If you look up, like, Captain Marvel on YouTube and stuff, there's a bunch of videos of, like, little girls dressed up as Captain Marvel talking to Brie Larson and her, like, taking pictures with them and, like, having her interview them. And she's being very sweet. And they just love Captain Marvel so much. Aww. And that's the cultural impact that matters. Because, like, I knew about Wonder Woman growing up, but I didn't really have a female superhero to look up to. And that yeah. might sound, like, trivial and, like, not important, but, like, 
watching Wonder Woman as a 24-year-old, watching Captain Marvel as a 26-year-old, like, that never gets old. It does not get old watching women take control and, like, be physically strong and emotionally strong and, like, be these complex characters that are displayed on screen and just making it, you, it just makes you feel better about your own life. And that's, that might not sound important, but as it turns out, feelings do matter. <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to school for feelings, so I know about this. Um, and representation matters. And just, yeah. and it's, it's frustrating that it seems like a lot of the pushback against Captain Marvel was, I mean, just rooted in insecurity of a bunch of dudes that there could be a really powerful superhero in this universe that while it's very important to a lot of people and it's great, it's a fantastic story, does not actually exist in real life. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's it's really weird to think of people putting so much energy into that, into hating something so much. And the fact that, uh, you know, the, the reasons is, you know, things like she's not smiling enough. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure for some of them, part of it was like the costume not being revealing enough because a lot of women's costumes are right. pretty revealing in those. And like, you know, it like it just smacks of sexism. Yeah. And like she's not the right kind of female superhero. So. Right. So I'm going to yeah. read from a Tumblr post. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is from user Mabeloni Sandwich. <laughs> the biggest problem with every single bad review of Captain Marvel coming from a man is that none of them seem to comprehend a narrative that isn't meant for them. They see Carol finally breaking free from being gaslighted by the Kree as emotionally underwhelming never realizing that a climactic emotional showdown with her abuser would be giving him exactly what he wants. Being in, Okay, so there's that at the end, it looks like it's preparing for this big blowout, um, you know, battle between her and Yongrog, who has been, like, controlling her this whole time. And mm -hmm. he's giving her this speech. He's like, I'm so proud of you. You finally come into this. Now it's time for you to prove yourself to me and, like, beat me up without using any of your powers. And she just fucking, like, blasts him into a rock. And then saunters over to him. She's like, I don't have to prove anything to you. Like, she's like, I don't know. I don't need to do that. Like, fuck you. You're being an asshole. <laughs> so this is the scene they're talking about. Being in control of her emotions, choosing not to react to a provocation. That's strength most male comic fans don't understand. They see masculine-coded strength as the only kind of valid strength. Carol not being angry and putting Yon-Rog down in a Shonen-esque battle doesn't make sense to them because it's not what they would have done. They see a woman struggling to work through life. She's been told as bad narrative structure when in reality the movie was never about building Carol up from nothing but about her realizing her true potential through seeing past those lies. Character, Carol's character arc parallels many women attaining social consciousness, throwing off patriarchal lies they've been conditioned to accept about who they are not what they can do and what they can do. Her strength isn't about attaining power, but about embracing her true potential that had been deliberately hidden from her. I think that's important for the person who's like the most powerful hero in the Avengers, the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. They see Carol's emotions not lining up with the lies her abusers told her about being too emotional as bad writing or bad acting, never realizing that that was exactly the point. They only understand defiance as impassioned, outward battles of will and pride, not understanding that quiet, steadfast refusal to bend to others' designs of who you should be a strength to. Brie Larson was absolutely right. Carol's story is not for men, and nothing proves that more than all the fanboys who don't understand that it's throwing fits on the internet. So, mostly, this is just, like, Captain Marvel isn't made for you. It's a reflection of the female experience. And then you get to set yourself free. It's like, th this movie is not made for you. <laughs> it's not for you. It's not for men. It's not, it's, it's made I mean, for women. I, okay. I, I would definitely concede that it's not made for men. Like it's made with uh, women in mind, but I still mm -hmm. think it can be a movie that men can enjoy and get something out of. And that's kind of, right. that, that's like, I, I guess that's what I want to put out there is like, you know, just because something's not made for you doesn't mean you can't enjoy it because like the the rest of us who aren't straight white men 
uh, have been watching a lot of stories about straight white men in movies and TV shows and that kind of stuff uh, for a long time. And, and or like we've been watching stories about different demographics, possibly our demographics that were written by straight white men. So... Yeah. Yeah. So it, it it it's okay if there's something out there that's not specifically uh made for you, but you can still choose to try to get something out of it uh, as well. So yeah. There was a really good article about somebody who studied like historical fashion and stuff and she was talking about how right um Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman got the armor because you can see where it came from like roman influence like it might look like a mini skirt it's actually like a roman warrior outfit so that they can move their legs faster and her well yeah high boots are actually like they're strapped onto the back they're like shin guards that's what's going on yeah. she was like you can see the code source for this they put so much care into putting them look like they're wearing armor and not that she's got this like stupid tiny outfit on and I I don't want to undermine how important movies are because I think people think that movies are just like, you know, not yeah. important. But they when you're sad, what do people say you should do? Go watch your favorite movie. Put on a good movie. Well, I was sad. I put on Beyonce's Homecoming on Netflix. <laughs> and I felt way better. Um so I don't I think I don't know what I'm trying to say, but what I am trying to say is that movies are important and don't listen to fanboys. <laughs> I, I think ultimately what I'm getting out of talking about Captain Marvel and talking about uh, like women in the Star Wars uh, world is that female superhero characters in general are held to such a higher standard of how they should behave but that seems to only be expressed when they haven't actually done what they're supposed to do like it's right I, I i i totally i am very much with her on the whole smiling thing because it would not ever occur to me like if i was the person who was in, you know in that role it would not occur to me to smile for a movie poster if i was playing a powerful superhero that doesn't yeah. make any sense like what it's not like, that's not what a superhero, like the, you know, sort of like genderless, whatever, like, you know, the sort of entity that is a superhero, you don't think of mm -hmm. that person smiling. Right. So why would, and why do female superheroes then have to smile and men don't? And like, yeah, I know that seems like a simple concern, but look at how many people tried to make this movie fail because they were mad about like these stupid concerns. So I, I think it is important to kind of put that out there and say like, look how much judgment each and every female superhero movie gets compared with all the other ones, which are all exactly. headed up by men, or it's a group movie that's mostly men. And and uh, granted, like th like that's there are way more of those movies, so I guess it's hard to pick them apart as much. But that also tells you something. So I yeah. I also like there's people the guys commenting on the TikTok that I made. They're like, she's got such a big ego. She's so arrogant. Like blah blah blah. And I was like, so Have Thor, you met Tony Stark. Yeah, Mr. Ego himself. <laughs> Thor is arrogant. Like that's his whole character in the first movie yeah. that he's arrogant. Like Loki's arrogant. Like, I mean the best. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But the thing is, like, we don't dislike these characters because they're arrogant. It's part of them, and they're like, I mean, like they're like cartoonish. Like they're they're comic yeah. book characters. They're, they're supposed to be. Yeah, they're yeah. supposed to be kind of caricatures, and for the women to have to be normal women who are like acting in a way that's pleasant to you but yeah. the male characters can be these like you know yeah big arrogant guys who it's okay they're they're arrogant because they're really smart or really strong well, or whatever it's like so is she <laughs> so. Like, she it's also like guys have people give them the grace the grace to be complicated like thor had to go through this whole journey where he didn't want to be king of asgard and all this stuff and blah 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 mm -hmm. and then tony had anxiety and was getting like PTSD flashbacks in the third movie, I think. Um, and they all had to go through this, like they all go through this journey and they have to like go through conflict and tribulations, which by the way, is how you make a good story. That's what they yeah. teach you in story, right? Like how to write a story is mm -hmm. that you introduce it, the characters and then the character a has to earn stuff. Yes. 
Like that's so, like, like that's a word that's used a lot in like in uh, script writing and stuff is like that the character has to earn something. So Rosie and I have both done a fair amount of creative writing, so we know what we're talking about here. <laughs> and it's like they that women are there to be perfect, and they have to be perfect immediately. They don't have the option to yeah. be like complicated and something that needs. They don't get to like come to epiphanies yeah. about themselves and like work on their own selves. And yeah, you have to be was, outstanding from the get or yeah. what are you even doing here? There was a TED talk where a girl was, a lady was talking about how boys are taught to be brave and girls are taught to be perfect. Like that's why we have trouble making mistakes and why like we don't try as many things because we weren't encouraged to try where guys are encouraged yeah. to try as little boys. And then there's also the idea that like there's oh. a lot of, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say uh, on that note, uh, I, I don't have a study in front of me, but I'll try to find where this information came from because I was reading about it and I do want to back it up. But uh, but I've read uh, in, yeah, but I've read that uh, statistically speaking, men will more often apply to jobs that they're not qualified for, whereas women oftentimes will not apply to jobs that they are qualified for because they feel like they don't have a chance or yeah. they're not qualified they, enough. It was that so. I, I know this. Study and this too. is a general guys, tendency. It's a very broad. Yeah. Thing. Guys will just apply to any job and girls won't apply unless they meet every single requirement. And, that's, and it's it, like, it's interesting when you look at that and you're just like, wait, I can apply here. And if I'm not qualified, they won't hire me. Like, it's a weird thing to think that right. and be like, but I might still be better than the other applicants. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it is just a willingness to like apply and be like, I know a little, I know enough about this that I could do it if you give me guidance. But like, we're like, we're not conditioned to think like that. There's also the notion I've read about where guys will use their women partners as their therapist they're like you got to get you a girl mm -hmm. who's like a ride or die who's going to help you and like do all this stuff and it's like no that's what a therapist is for like you can't just like use girls to get you like she that's not it's never anyone does... else's job to help right it's never anyone else's job to fix your mental health like, unless that's yeah. a person you're going to see expressly for that purpose. And even then, you have to do quite a bit of the work also. There's there's like, attending therapy and there's and, going to therapy. Yeah. And, and your your girlfriend or wife or, or whoever or any partner you have, whatever gender you are. like, but, but yeah, I do think there's more of a tendency in men to do that with women. But whatever yeah. partner you have probably is not going to be as good as a therapist would at helping you figure out how to... A therapist has, like, psychology training. They have a treatment plan. They are a third-party, neutral party. They're neutral. not going to talk to anybody about what's going on with you. And they're mm -hmm. literally professional secret keepers. Like, there's nothing you can lose by going to a therapist except money. <laughs> but So know. what we're saying is, if you're a guy who has a lot of anger at the fact that Captain Marvel was a successful <laughs> movie... Maybe you should see a therapist. Which brings me to our sponsor. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have a <laughs> better help. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, who thought I was going to say better help? Uh, yeah, no, we don't have sponsors yet. But better help that you that would be great. I would love it if you would sponsor us. I just I think <laughs> I think talking about all of this is just like Captain Marvel's just trying to change the narrative about women not getting to be complicated and not getting to have authentic stories. And I'm glad that it's out there. I'm glad it exists. I'm excited to see what happens. I think they were kind of getting to that in WandaVision too. Did you watch that? I have not actually. Yeah, I'm I'm behind on the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> just because uh, Chris and I don't really like. I'm a little more into it than he is, but I'm still not like super deep into it. Like I have movies I like here and there, but I'm not super. I don't know. I, I I think like sometimes about the movies, there's things that I like that other people didn't like. There was one movie where everyone was annoyed with Hawkeye, and I was like, he was the sass master. It was great. <laughs> but I, so I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have the same views on on Marvel, but yeah, I should probably watch one. And that's okay. And that's fine. But. What I really liked about Wandavision was how they dealt with like grief and how they showed Wanda nice. going through a lot of grief. And there is this really, really beautiful line in it 
I'm going to give you a spoiler if you haven't heard mm-hmm. it yet, but she's talking about like all the people that she's lost in her life and Vision, who's a robot, says to her, like, I've, I'm not a person, so I've never had somebody to love, but it seems to me that, you know, after a person is gone that you still have that there's nowhere to put it now. And he says, so what is grief if not love persevering? And I was like, ouch, oh, that's so good. That's a really good line. Oh, that's really good. Uh, that's, oh, that's that's beautiful. I know. Yeah. And I think Paul Bettany helped come up with that line. So we stand oh. Paul Bettany in this house. Now. I Yeah, I, I really like Paul Bettany. I also really like Catherine Hahn, who yes. I believe is in WandaVision. She's she is, the, yeah. She's the neighbor. She's lady. been in a bunch of stuff. She's just fantastic. <laughs> I love her. Oh my god. Anyway. But so yeah, so Captain Marvel. <laughs> and and telling women's stories is really important. I think it's it started with I think this this started to happen when Wonder Woman came out because she was emotional in a feminine way where like she saw a baby and she was like, "A baby!" <laughs> Cuz she had never seen a baby before. And then but she's also like fucking guys up. And that happened in this Snyder cut with that's a whole other podcast talking about how the changes that Joss Whedon made to her, all the characters made them worse. And then Zack Snyder really gave them like, like in the, this is welcome to tangent town. This is where we're going. (laughs) Joss Whedon made Aquaman, Jason Momoa, this like misogynistic, gross pig character who would just like hit on Captain, or no, hit on (laughs) Wonder Woman the whole time. And then in this next one, he was the one talking to people about how, like, someone's dad died. And he was like, we can't do this. The guy, this guy's dad just died. We're not going to, like, send him into battle right now. He needs to, like, grieve and stuff. And I was like, mm, I love Jason Momoa so much. Oh, my God. And Aww. it was talking about, like, how, you know, Wonder Woman always had these, like, quippy things to say back to the guys that were beating her up. And in this one, she was just like, nah, fuck you. And, like, she cut someone's head off. She tore someone's head off. It was awesome but it's i just think women getting represented accurately in grittier more authentic ways is what's coming next in this like media wave of feminism and i think that's really important nice yeah i think so too the um i actually had that kind of intersect with my my interest in like historical costumes and stuff because there's and also it intersects with joss whedon but he's no longer involved in the production Mm. but he there's a show called the nevers which i haven't seen yet so it's not this isn't an advertisement i'm just saying that (laughs) i'm excited about what i've heard because there's like two of the youtube channels that i follow that say like not only are the costumes really accurate but like the women are fighting in corsets and stuff so it's uh it's gonna be pretty cool to watch but I am. Um, I'm excited I, for that. But but I it's like just, it's something that's like not something you normally see in that kind of context. So it's exciting. Yeah. I also just like want to make a disclaimer that if you want to get into Marvel movies or like comic book culture, anything that seems like any kind of nerdy, you can. You can get into it yeah. on however much you want to, however little you want to. Don't listen to anybody else who says that you're not allowed to be in part of the club because you don't know enough. Like Go, I really want to watch the extended cuts of all the Lord of the Rings, but Griffin, that this is the other problem. Griffin's watched it so much for his whole life that now that I'm here and I want to get into this, he doesn't want to. He's like, I've watched these so much. <laughs> so I might just like t- set a day aside and just watch all of the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings because I've been watching Out Loud Dare for the past two days. <laughs> So I know I can't sit and just watch that. That's a lot of Outlander. That's That'll change your perspective on the world for a while <laughs> i mean i mean jamie fraser is a perfect man who drinks respect women juice for breakfast every morning so <laughs> <laughs> i i do i do actually really enjoy the culture clash of that show when he goes to discipline her and then is like oh i never want to do that again and she was like yeah fuck you will yeah she was like i'm not so. having that that is not it's- nice we're not anyone who that. hasn't seen Outlander, it's it's a very interesting story that could have very easily made him look like much more of an asshole. But if you're feeling yeah. lonely and want to immerse yourself in a world where beautiful Scottish men exist, just go go turn on Netflix because it's there. <laughs> I'm gonna say something else. Netflix just keeps putting out movies and shows that are just like long form female oriented porn. <laughs> I 
because between oh. Outlander and Bridgerton and like True Blood, like they're all like we, a, a bunch of you are still spending a lot of time inside, so we're gonna give you some stuff to watch. <laughs> I mean, so what I was watching the other day was it was on Netflix and Netflix. What are you what are you doing? What are you doing, really? Why does Gwyneth Paltrow have goop lab? Why does this show exist? And and I, I understand the people who would say, well, you don't have to watch it. But the thing is, I do because I'm doing an episode on it because uh, Gwyneth Paltrow pushes a lot of crap wellness stuff that's really dangerous and people yeah. have died using the method that's in the second episode. So yeah. anyway, so look forward to that because I'm not she, done with all of them yet, but we will be doing also, an episode about goop. She dabs sunscreen <laughs> on just the highlights of her face. She doesn't put it on her oh, whole face geez. and she dabs it I, like with her middle finger like it's concealer. That's not how you put yeah. sunscreen on. You put that shit on like you're trying to hide your face. <laughs> She's probably surrounded by people with parasols, so she doesn't actually get hit with direct oh. UV rays anyway. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk more about that later. I, I don't want I, I don't want to get off of that tangent right now, <laughs> but like, whew, I know I did bring it up. Anyway, so yeah, and so Gwyneth just, Paltrow has a show on Netflix, which don't watch because I'll tell you all about it later. And you don't have to pit DC and Marvel against each other. You can say that you prefer one over the other. Like, I have a friend who's like, I don't like superhero movies. Whatever Marvel's doing is working for me. I'm not into the DC stuff, so I'm just going to keep watching Marvel. And I'm like, that's fine. I, yeah. You can like equal parts Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. I like both of those characters. I want more female characters like that. I want multiple female-driven movies like they have with Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Ant-Man, Guardians. <laughs> Fucking Doctor Strange, bitch! Give me more women. My ma- my window's open. I'm gonna start. Give me more women. <laughs> well, bitches want women. <laughs> bitches want women in the cinematic universe. Yes. Please. Yep. But I think they're catching that drift because Natalie Portman's coming back for Thor: Love and Thunder, and I think she's gonna become the new Thor because that happens in the comic book. So interesting. We'll see. We'll see. There's so many things that happen in comic books. This is just fantastic. I'm like, because I have no idea what to expect because I don't it, read the comics. Yeah. So I'm like, well, it's oh, in, look at that. Yeah. It's well, because they've been going on for so long that multiple people will be writing for them. And then you can have like multiple universes and things get like, like with X-Men, like things get like pushed back and like the future changes and there's all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Like, there was a Deadpool, I think, whole series where he just went and, like, fucking killed everybody in the Marvel Universe. He just went and, like, murdered everyone. Yes, that's right. I love I think I did hear about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My, I just went down to see my friend Norlando, and my wedding present was a big Deadpool poster, and it was very sweet. I liked it a lot. (laughs) Very sweet. Our wedding dance was supposed to be the song in the Deadpool movie whenever he like spoilers whenever he goes back and he sees his wife again and that acoustic version of take on me starts playing i saw that in the theaters and i was like oh no this is about to be my favorite <laughs> song and it was and that was going to be our wedding song up until 48 hours before we got married and then griffin was like i want to change it and i was like oh jesus Aww. all right i think it worked out i think it did too there'll be more dancing at the second one <laughs> All right. Well, All Captain right. Marvel is important. Don't feel like Captain Marvel is important, and and also not every superhero movie has to speak to your soul. Some of them can be for other people, and that's fine. Yeah, because yeah. I really liked Captain Marvel, and honestly, when Wonder Woman came out, I was a little bit nonplussed because I like extended fight scenes do absolutely nothing for me except annoy me. <laughs> Um, so I, I actually legitimately like left the, left the theater just to go like get a break from the fight scene and then came back and the fight scene was still happening in Wonder Woman. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this movie was clearly made for somebody else because this, like, I, I appreciate what's going on here. And there's parts of it that I really enjoyed, but like, 
but yeah, but that wasn't for me. But but uh, Captain Marvel, I really did enjoy it. And I think it was because it was different in that way. Yeah. And so I'm just I like, think Griffin and you know, I not also... even every female superhero <laughs> movie is going to be for me. So right, I'll text people. So like when the solo movie was coming out, I texted my sister. I was like, "You gonna go see it?" And she goes, "I don't know. It got really bad reviews, so I'm not sure." And I think we got to a point where it was like, I want to go determine for myself if I like this movie. I don't care mm-hmm. what reviews are saying. Obviously, reviews are very like subjective to the person. Like they are gonna yeah. be like, yeah, this was fine. It doesn't like reviews actually don't matter. And also Griffin and I are okay with being like, I said I liked it. I didn't say it was good. Like you're allowed to like yeah. stuff that you know isn't that great. So like I liked the captain uh, the the second Wonder Woman movie, even though a lot of people didn't because they thought it was campy and silly. And I was like I, it was still good. I still liked watching it. People didn't like Suicide Squad for that reason, too. And I was like, I still enjoyed watching that movie. I'm not saying it's going to mm-hmm. go win an Oscar, but I don't need to watch movies that are all Oscar-worthy. I'm okay with liking stuff that's low yeah. bar. Yeah. And then this yeah, is getting me too. into the- And honestly, like, like superhero movies, they are made for mass appeal, so they don't have yeah. to be highbrow. Like, they can be... You know, they can be an array of different things, you know, and like some people are just going to like different things. Like I I am much more likely to like things like Deadpool or like Venom that someone who's not necessarily the normal cookie cutter hero. Yeah, he was my favorite villain in the comics. (laughs) But I think I as I'm approaching my 30s, I like just I want to not keep apologizing for stuff that other people don't like. Like if I'm. I had two surgeries last year. Both times I came back and I was like, I want to watch Moana. Like, Disney's a comfort thing for me. And I like watching it. And it makes me very emotional to watch it. And I think my parents thought I would grow out of that at some point, And I just never did. So I'm like, I'm that's we're okay. on to the, almost three decades now. Like, this is, wow, this is, this is all that's left. Like, and I just, like, if you like something, that's fine. Like, you can just like yeah. stuff. You can just like stuff. Well, do you have a shout-out this week? Uh, do I have a shout-out this week? I Let me see here. I mean, shout-out to Brie Larson because, you know, you're doing a good job and you are standing up for the things you actually believe in, even if people give you a lot of shit for it. And I think that's really cool. And, yeah. I mean, like, I watched her and other stuff when she was younger, too, so I've enjoyed seeing her, like, not not that I'm older than her, I think we're, like, the same age, but, <laughs> but I mean, like, I've been watching her career and it's nice to see that she's ended up there and been, you know, firm on her stance of this is who I am, this is what I support, and it's really good stuff, so... So shout out to her and shout out to the people who aren't afraid to say you like stuff yep. because it's okay to like stuff. I think I want to give a sh- I think I want to give a shout out to any of our listeners who even if like we didn't change their mind if we just got them to think a little bit more critically about something mm-hmm. I think that I'd call that a win. So I want to give a shout out to yeah. listeners who listen through episodes that maybe aren't things that you agree with. I don't know. I we only talk about stuff that we like know yeah. about. Like we know it going in what we're going to yeah, talk about. Yeah, that's and true. I don't, I don't usually we don't know what happens after people listen to episodes except for whenever Brenda Reed posts about it on Facebook. <laughs> so Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. We don't. We it, we actually it's it's very interesting looking at the interactive map right before this I was filling hope in on like some of the places people are listening to us you know i just saw like we apparently have a new listener in moscow so that's shout out moscow shout Shout out out to to you whoever you are yeah so like you know we've got you know like i could see we've got listeners in different places and it's just kind of cool to see and yeah if anyone is interested in reaching out to us this is an excellent segue our email is (laughs) vkoepod at gmail.com our instagram is vkoe underscore pod and we have a website which is www.aveagknowledgeofeverything.com and we also have a patreon page uh our patreons uh, our patreons get uh anywhere from you know like a shout out on the podcast uh and our newest one is getting a shout out today brogan yeah, Brogan. Uh, Brogan, yeah, <laughs> who you might remember from our episode about transgender access to healthcare. Uh, they are our, our f- 
first uh, Patreon. So thank you so much. <laughs> We're very excited about that. Uh, and if you become a Patreon, there's levels as low as $3. Uh, and the as you kind of progress up the levels, some of them come with merch. Uh, we'll be doing mm -hmm. other kind of bonus behind the scenes stuff as well as we start getting more people in there. So so yeah, you can even go to the site and look at it, even if you're not planning on donating. You can just go check it out, maybe mm -hmm. see if you're interested, possibly, you know? It doesn't hurt to look. Maybe we should be our own Patreons. I just thought of that, too. <laughs> I haven't given us any money. <laughs> I, I don't need to give our... We are our own Patreons already. Yeah. We, you, you bought your own microphone. I, mean... <laughs> I did. Griffin had to convince yeah. me. <laughs> All right, well... All right. This has been a vague knowledge of everything. I am Rosie and facts and feelings matter. But if your feelings are causing you to put up negative reviews of movies you haven't even seen, then maybe you should go see a therapist. Okay, bye. <laughs> My name is Hope. And uh, now that you know better, be better. And please don't gatekeep.